Welcome to Two Profs in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And we are faculty and faculty developers here at Glendale Community College in Arizona. And we focus on teaching, learning, and other stuff. And today we are going to talk about burnout 2.0. Why are we talking about this topic, Beth? Well, we finished up season one or close to the end of season one with an episode on burnout. And we have since received a little bit of feedback about that episode from people who wanted to know a little bit more. So instead of ending a season, which tends to be the end of our academic year, we're beginning the academic year talking about burnout. Which I think is really important because I think when we think about burnout, we think about the end of the year. And really, when we think of, when we talk about burnout and stress and fatigue, it really should be a constant thing that we're focusing on, not just the beginning of the year or the end of the year. It should be a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. So Beth had this idea that, you know, since the school year is about to start, let's talk about it now. Let's talk about being burned out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got really burned out last year and I as you know, told myself that I was going to do nothing this summer because I needed to relax. Mm. So that's what I've been doing is relaxing and it's been great. But I've also read a book on burnout and realized that, oh, I might be approaching this burnout thing a little bit incorrectly. Mm. How so? So are we, are we talking about now what we've we've read Tanisha and I have both been reading about this. Because, you know, that's what we do. We read. Yes, we're, we're preparing. <laughs> we're preparing. Um, so, Beth, what, what did you read uh, specifically? Okay, so I read a book that was published in 2019 called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. The book is written by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski. They are identical twins. And Emily has uh, degrees in counseling psychology and a PhD in health behavior with a concentration in human sexuality. Amelia is a music conductor. They they also don't claim to be experts. They did a bunch of reading um, prior to writing this book, but, but um, an article that I just located about them called The Answer Is Not uh, Self-Care, they talk about wanting to basically learn about stress and burnout themselves and then you know kind of put forth to other people what it is that they've learned the book is geared toward women i i should say and i try to imagine today that i was a man and how i would feel about reading this book Mm, okay it was hard for me to imagine that but i tried really hard (laughs) and i'm sorry i didn't mean to laugh I I was obviously we have men and women who listen to the program so right. I didn't I didn't want to come at our discussion today merely from the standpoint of women. I I think that probably men could read this book and get something out of it for sure, but there would be sections that um, maybe have stories in it that they would identify less with. Okay, so like I think probably 80% of the book they could read and be okay with. What did you read? 
Um, I read this book called, well, actually, when we started talking about this subject, it came to me that, well, well, we have an expert in our backyard here at Glendale Community College. Um, His name is Dr. Thomas Rojo Aubrey. And I remember that he was, I I think he was supposed to present like a workshop that focused on um, compassion fatigue and burnout and resiliency. He knows a lot about it. And he had sent me some information about uh, a book. So I looked up that book and it's called Unlocking the Code to Human Resiliency, Building Immunity Against Traumatic Stress, Burnout and Compassion Fatigue. Um, So Dr. Thomas Rojo Aubrey is one of the authors. The second author is Dr. J. Eric Ginnery. And um, they are both uh, experts in uh, their field. Uh, Dr. Thomas Rojo Aubrey uh, is actually the director of the Behavioral Health Sciences and professor here on our campus in Glendale Community College. Uh, He has a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, and he attained his doctorate in behavioral health from ASU and is currently working on a second doctorate in cognitive psychology, which lets me know he he's legit. He knows what he's talking about. Sounds like it. Man, very impressive. And then um, the... He's probably had to deal with a little bit of stress. Uh, I would think so. Man, I, that stressed me out just reading that. My goodness. And then there's uh, Dr. Eric Jennery. And um, he is the second author. He's the vice president of the Arizona Trauma Institute. He is a board certified and internationally recognized leader in the study and treatment of traumatic stress and compassion fatigue. And his doctorate is from Florida State University, where he studied with Professor Charles Figley, a pioneer in these two fields. So uh, it was a really interesting book. I haven't read, I have to admit that I haven't read every single chapter. I'm still exploring um, different aspects of the book. Uh, But one of the things that really stuck out to me was just page 10, where it talked about how their intent for this book or their mission for the book is is they, and I I quote, uh, we intend to help professionals not merely survive the stressful impact of work, but also to thrive succeed and flourish in life no matter the challenges they are facing or the amount of baggage they are lugging around from the past so I thought that was a really powerful mission uh, which I'm sure speaks to a lot of our listeners and what I appreciated about the book is that they really really focused on um, which I thought was important kind of the neurobiology of burnout and uh, like what it is how it works um, how um, resiliency right is very helpful when it comes to uh, burnout. Um, if you're trying to change your behaviors, what does that look like? So it went it went really, really deep. So I really, really, really enjoyed the book. Um, and I'm sure we're going to go into more details about it. But as I continue to work through it, I definitely recommend the text. Mm-hmm. You know, what I think is interesting right now that I just noticed is the title of the book that you read, Unlocking the Code yes. to Human Resiliency. Look at the title of the book that I read, Burnout. The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. Mm. I mean, both of these titles are alluding to the fact that this is something that needs to be unlocked. Yes. Right? Like there's a key. Yes. Um, There's some kind of secret that we need the answer to. To me, that really kind of indicates that stress and burnout are complicated. Yes. And it actually makes me feel better at being so bad at dealing with stress Mm. because it makes me feel less alone. 
Yeah. Because I think sometimes we are really hard on ourselves. Like we think, oh, why can't I get the stress under control? Why am I experiencing this burnout? You know, why can't I just get it together? And I think the great thing about the books that we're reading is that it really provides uh, depth and breadth to what is really connected to burnout and how it, it runs so much deeper than a lot of us think. You know, learning this information, I think it can help us to be a little bit more kind to ourselves. I think a lot of times we are harder on ourselves and we need to remember that there are several things that are kind of at work and are at play when it comes to our burnout, right? Mm -hmm. There's the neurological side of things, the physical side of things, the emotional side of things. Um, There's so many layers. And I I feel like the, the book that I just read, Unlocking the Code to Human Resiliency, really kind of gave me even more, a broader perspective of some of the things that are at play when it comes to our burnout. So I think it, I think this kind of helps us to understand that it is going to be a practice, right, to try to overcome something that it seems like a lot of people are struggling with. And if you're struggling with it yourself, you know, know that you are not alone, right? Uh, Beth mentioned how she struggles with it. I still struggle with it. It's it's like a constant day to day practice to try to manage the stress levels that we experience in our lives so that we don't experience burnout. Yeah. Well, one of the the main points that Emily and Amelia make in this particular book is how important it is to what they call complete the stress cycle. When I go to the doctor, one of the questions is like, okay, well, are you exercising 30 minutes for, you know, four times a week or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. And okay, I give my answer. Well, that's purely at least I get the impression that that's a purely physical component for healthy heart right. or whatever, right? Right. If, if we're going to complete the stress cycle, we have to have 30 minutes of something every single day. And I say something because it doesn't have to be exercise in the traditional sense. Right. I have a whole list of things here from the book, and there are probably even more Well, I know there are more than even is discussed in the book, but the ways that they suggest to complete the stress cycle. So that is, you know, we we have stress every day of our lives that that is caused by any number of things, right? Right. But it, it would be really hard to not have stress in a day unless you were probably in the wilderness by yourself and just relaxing, assuming wild animals don't come up to you. But that's stressful, right? Well, that would that, but <laughs> yes, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, I have a hard time imagining a day totally free of stress. Yes, I, yeah, okay. So every single day, we would need to do something to complete to right. to, to complete the cycle because when stress happens, right, things happen to our body. Right, right. We get a boost of adrenaline. Right, we get other chemicals that are flowing through our body, and right. we have to do something to let our body know we're done with that. Mm-hmm. We're safe. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so these activities are ways to complete that stress cycle and let our body know that, you know what, we're safe now. Okay, you can stop pouring those chemicals or right. those hormones into your body. So, for example, physical activity, everybody knows that one. That's exercise, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's also breathing. Okay, so right. breathing exercises that we're probably all familiar with, you know, mm-hmm. breathe into the count of four, hold it to four, breathe out to the count of four, hold it for four, mm-hmm. right? That that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
um, positive social interaction, as long as it's positive and safe, will work. Laughing, I mean really laughing, that tells your body it's you're safe. Right. These are some of my favorites. Affection. Mm. And my significant other and I have been practicing the 20-second hug for some time now, and I don't remember where we first heard about it, but 20 seconds of hugging somebody close to you actually has positive effects for the body. This is a new one, six-second kiss. Oh. Yeah. If you think about it, it makes sense, right? Right. Your body would know it's safe. Right. If you're kissing for six seconds. Right. A big cry, which might go along well with stress. Just let it all out. Mm -hmm. Ball your eyes out. Creative expression. That's important. So doing something that's considered creative expression, singing, painting. Mm -hmm. Poetry, dancing. Dancing. I like that one because it's also active. Yes. It's also physical. And then our bodies will then tell us, you know, we'll know we've completed the stress cycle because we're going to have a shift in mood or a shift in our our mental states, or we're going to feel that physical tension kind of melting away a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we have to give ourselves 30 minutes a day to do these activities that will help us complete the stress cycle. So what do we say to people who think to themselves, 30 minutes a day, I don't have 30 minutes a day. I know in Tanisha's mind, I'm like, make the time. I know that's pretty right. That's pretty direct, but at the same time, that's just me. Like in my mind, I think you make you make the time for what's most important to you. And if you want to manage your stress and your burnout, then you find your thirty minutes. I think this came up in in the book that I read too, and I think the answer is that eventually you're go- you're going to have to make time because your body is going to quit. Right. You know, this is this is when we get sick. Yeah. This is when we're, you know, we get a a cold or we get the flu. Our immune system is breaking down because we're not giving ourselves that time. Right. And so the body's like, oh, you don't have 30 minutes a day? Mm -hmm. Well, now you're going to have a whole weekend in bed because you just broke down. Well, you know, and that's one of the principles I live by as well. When we're running, running, running and we're going, 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 you know, I, I always emphasize to people it's so important to listen to your body because the one thing you don't want is for your body to tell you when you need to stop. Because if it hits that point, there are some instances and some cases where it could be really severe, right? So if if anything, you don't want your body to tell you, you need to stop. Well, the other thing we talked about too, Tanisha, earlier was... To, to be better with stress, we have to have some knowledge. Right. I mean, before I read this book, I did not know all the things that were happening in my body because of stress. I did not know a lot of what I read in this book. Pe- people need that cognitive knowledge. Right. And then they also need a more kind of personal knowledge, like you mentioned earlier about listening to what our bodies are saying to us. Right. And it might be harder for some people to really kind of hear that voice, mm-hmm. right? Or or feel those feelings or mm-hmm. and know that that's what it's saying, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, I, I'm just trying to give people credit for not being proactive, yeah. right? And, yeah. and I don't know that our culture really 
encourages people to be proactive. No, not at all. There's a lack of awareness out there. People are not aware of those signs and those signals. And um, and I'm not talking from a place of someone who like knew it all. I was one of those people who was like, I will deal with my stress later. You know what I mean? I can just push it down and put it in the corner and then I'll deal with it later. Yeah, you know, my guys, I may have something going on with my body, but I'm just going to ignore it for now because I got work I got to do, you know? And I have been one of those people where my body told me you need to stop. So I'm not, I'm not coming from a, a preachy know-it-all place, because, but I do, I think you make a great point that we don't have the knowledge. We don't have the information until something happens. Also in the teaching profession, you know, I've always kind of thought, okay, I, I work really hard from August through May and I just tell myself, you know, summer's coming, summer's coming, summer's coming, which kind of excuses me from being better about stress and completing Mm -hmm. the stress cycle. Mm -hmm. And I need to not do that, which is another reason why I'm glad we're starting this season three with this episode, because I'm going to tell myself every day, complete the stress cycle, complete the stress cycle. So that when summer comes, I'm not burned out and trying to catch up on sleep or whatever. One of the things this book talks about that I kind of like, too, is the difference between stress and stressors. Mm. And I think this is really important because, you know, the stressor is the thing that is causing the stress but will eventually end, right? So maybe it's a big project or maybe it's a presentation. And then that thing is over and we're like, oh, yes, it's over, right? Mm-hmm. But the stress from it is still potentially happening in our bodies. Like it's like an after effect? Well, like it's, it keeps like going. It's still, yeah, it's yeah. still going. Yes. Right? If we don't complete that stress cycle every single day. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, the waiting till, you know, May, is, like it's, it's too late. All that stress has impacted our bodies the entire yeah. nine months. Yeah. And I need to get better at dealing as I go along. Yeah. And I know that's that's before we even did this podcast today. That was actually something I was trying to practice this summer is to have moments, I guess, to breathe or to release. And right now for me, I'm, I'm doing that through trying to have a meditation practice. So meditation has been a part of my life for a little while, but there hasn't been a consistent practice. So in my mind, I think, okay, well, maybe that's one way I can give myself a break from stress is just to do a mindful practice just so that my body can just have a break and not just be so stressed out and tense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also trying things like yoga, you know, practicing that mm-hmm. um, is very, very helpful. Um, but I'm also trying to do the practice of giving myself mini breaks in between, right? Like looking at my schedule and being like, okay, you know, Monday through Thursday, it's looking like there's a lot going on. Maybe by Friday at one, I'm off, like completely off like no emails, no work, like just be completely disconnected. Mm -hmm. And then I will come back to my cycle, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sunday, Monday, I'm kind of getting back into the swing of my work week. Monday through Thursday, I'm, I'm in it and I'm working and I'm getting things done. And then Friday at one and Saturday is my, my moment. 
my moment mm-hmm. to breathe along with meditation. So I'm trying to do mini breaks. So instead of saying things like, oh, it's the start of the fall semester and from August to December, I'm working and I'm not getting a break until Christmas. I will rest when Christmas comes. <laughs> this is reminding me of another book that I read really recently called The Three Day Effect. Let's just say this semester starts and let's say I'm not being very good with stress and I feel burned out earlier than normal. Mm. Then based on this book I read called The Three Day Effect, I would need to get into nature for three days. Mm. This book was all about research that was conducted where various groups of people went out into nature. In one instance, it was veterans suffering from PTSD. In another instance, it was women who were, they were part of a support group, but they all went out into the woods basically and actually monitored, their brainwaves were being monitored, and by the third day, boom, total change. Mm -hmm. More relaxed, Mm -hmm. more creative, Mm -hmm. a lot less stressed. Mm. So maybe three days in nature would be like in an emergency. Like, Like I hear you saying you would take a day off and just do nothing. Yeah. And maybe, maybe increase it to three days and go somewhere. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. I'm putting that in my pocket. I know that's that's in emergency <laughs> cases, right? Yeah. Okay, so are we at how to get it done? How to get it done, yeah. Oh, Lordy, this could be forever. We could talk a lot about this. That's I a could whole just, other episode. I know, I could just say, you know, I really recommend reading this book. It's so, I, I you know, I started listening to it on Audible. And then I thought, wait a second, I need to take notes. So then I Mm -hmm. ordered a hard copy of the book and Mm -hmm. then I started taking notes. But I was taking so many notes and I said, wait a second, I actually have to finish this book. Mm -hmm. And I had to stop taking notes just so I could finish the book Mm. um, in a timely manner. Right. But it's just filled with so many suggestions you know, that are not worked in like, hey, here's a suggestion chapter, but just throughout the book, Mm -hmm. um, practices that people could be engaging in that might help them, along with information about how our bodies are working, Mm -hmm. right? You know, how do I know if I should quit a task? And they've got a chart in here that you can fill out with, you know, what are the benefits of continuing it? What are the benefits of stopping? What are the costs of continuing? What are the costs of stopping? So you can kind of weigh, what's this thing that I'm doing that's causing me a lot of stress? Mm-hmm. Should I just quit it? Right. You know, or should I keep paddling? Yeah. Should I just keep swimming? Right, right. You know, and, and so little things like that to help us make decisions I found useful in the book. Um, my book, like I said before, it's it has a lot of depth and breadth to it. So the second half of the book is all treatment. Like, how can we deal with it? Um, and if you, I guess if you want a little bit more depth, because it is pretty textbooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you really want to go that deep, then I would definitely recommend this book. Uh, Aubrey and Genry talk about uh, six components for 
treatment. And that could be uh, self-regulation, which they said is the most important, mm-hmm. attentionality, cognitive and perceptual restructuring, grit, connection support, and self-care slash revitalization. So I'm not going to go into detail with each one, but if maybe you are one of those people who are really struggling, like maybe you've tried some some different things and, and, and maybe you're, you're struggling trying to figure out how can I get better at this? What's really going on? Uh, maybe reading this book can kind of give you maybe some of the answers that you need because it has more of a neurological connection as far as as far as why we do what we do with our behaviors and how we can change them. Mm-hmm. I like that both of these had a science aspect to them too, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, great support for each book. Okay. I hope that was helpful for somebody. What's on the radar? What's on the radar? Uh, I'm gonna get nerdy. So one of the things that's on my radar uh, is Spider-Man. Spider-Man Far From Home came out and it was really good, really interesting. Uh, Jay Gyllenhaal is great. Uh, Tom Holland is great. It's interesting because it's a continuation from Endgame. So we all know how what happened with Endgame. Beth, girl? <laughs> no spoilers, please. Are you serious? I'm behind. Okay, this I'm a little behind. This brings up the argument of when is it okay to give spoilers if something has been out for a while? Okay, well, you can't give any spoilers right now. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so non-spoiler, it it really it really picks up where Endgame left off. And it really kind of raises questions like, what is the world like after these huge events happen? Hmm. You know, what? how do we try to make sense of these things? So they kind of really address that at the beginning. So uh, I won't go into detail because I don't want to ruin it for Beth, even though she should have sent in game by now. Girl, you 11 years behind. I'm really behind. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, um, another thing that has been on my radar lately is She-Hulk. Which oh, I, I saw you were reading that. Yes. Beth follows me on Goodreads. And um, I read a lot of different types of books. But I just started reading She-Hulk, the trade paperbacks. She-Hulk is actually, I'm about to get super nerdy. She-Hulk is actually the cousin to Bruce Banner. She needed a blood transfusion and got his gamma rays. <laughs> So she's kind of like a milder version of the Hulk. Um, But it's really interesting to me because um, I can relate to this character on so many levels. I think a lot of people can. You know, you have that regular side of yourself and then maybe you have that stressed out She-Hulk side of yourself. So I can relate on that level. And another thing I love about the character is that I feel like she's a, a great combination of like brains, brawn and beauty in my personal opinion. She's just a really interesting character. But I think what's most interesting about her is that before becoming She-Hulk, she was a lawyer. Uh So she ends up doing law as She-Hulk because there's all this, because now superheroes and villains are being taken to court and being sued in a court of law. And she actually ends up representing um, these superheroes in this universe of superhero law. And I find that to be really intriguing that you have this superhero character with all of these powers powers but yet she's still leaning on law right um so it's it to me i just i just love that um because of the fact that i feel like she's just the perfect combination of brains brawn and beauty so awesome i am all about she hulk right now like 
On my radar is a podcast that I've been listening to, season two of In the Dark, which is all about the case against Curtis Flowers. And I got interested in it because I usually do uh, every year pay attention to the cases that the Supreme Court takes up. Sometimes I might even read the decisions. Um, So I had heard about his case from that angle because the Supreme Court was listening to it and had ruled on it. And then I thought, wow, this is a really interesting case that this guy has been tried six times for the murder of four people. All of season two is about Curtis Flowers and all of these trials that Mm -hmm. he's had to go through. And he's been in prison for like 21 or 22 years Mm -hmm. of his life. Mm -hmm. I recommend listening to it because it's very eye-opening. What's our nugget? So our nugget. So we're going to leave you with this nugget that Beth and I came up with. Listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Be proactive. And don't wait until you're burned out. So that is a nugget we're leaving with you. Beth, do you have anything to add? Complete the stress cycle. Complete the stress cycle. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's all that we have for you today. Uh, I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. Thank you so much for joining us on Two Profs in a Pod. Join us next episode when we plan to discuss... Difficult conversations in the classroom. Difficult conversations in the classroom. We will see you then.